Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Welcome to Matlana. I would be Matt or Matlana. I didn't give myself the nickname. I earned the nickname. Let's not waste any time. Let's get to this week's edition of Welcome to Matlana. All right, let's welcome in uh, friend of show, friend of pod, friend of Atlanta, Kelly Kroll from Bally Sports, who's kind enough to join us on this week's edition of Welcome to Matlana. First of all, Kelly, we have to get the important stuff out of the way. How are we feeling post-kidney stones? <laughs> A lot lot better i'm i'm telling you though it had me it had me pretty down for the count for a while you just don't realize all the i think trickle down effects of having had to go under right like i mean it's been a while since i've been on anesthesia and had to do the full-blown kind of procedure type thing so it's just taken me a couple days to bounce back um it also doesn't happen like it did when you were 22 either but no, I am. I'm feeling a lot better, and I'm stoked for the second half of the Braves season. I'm really the, the All Star break was great. I think it was well needed, and now I think the second half push will be a lot of fun. Well, the fun, right, is a 68 game sprint that uh, yeah. things get really interesting for the Braves, who open up the second half two and a half games back of the Mets. And we know the Braves and Mets will play 12 more times. So I want to start there with you. I, I just mm-hmm. felt a different buzz for Braves-Mets, just even if you're watching on TV, if you were in the ballpark. For a team that just won a title, it was cool to see Truist as lit up as it was for a, a July series, which, well, it has to do with the division. I still think Brave fans, they love uh, having a chance to kind of, you know, be the ones to put their foot down on the Mets. It didn't happen in that last series, but I think over the next 12, it could be really enjoyable. Oh, I totally agree. It, and, you know, it, it hasn't just been the Mets. There's been a couple other series, too, where you get this playoff-type atmosphere at the park right now. And, I mean, I completely 100% put that on these guys being the defending champs. They're getting everybody's best. Everybody who walks into Atlanta wants to beat them. And so there's this rejuvenated um, – don't even know rivalries aren't the right word but just competition and and it's been great but with the Mets especially it's a it's another level and I think there was something to the fact that because the Mets started off and they you know had kind of oh taken that what was it 10 10 and a half game right in the division and we watched that melt away in like two and a half three weeks because the Braves went on a tear and because of that I think it built up this great storyline coming into that first sort of match up here in Atlanta anyway and then 
Um, like you said, I think they're going to play something like it's uh, nine games in the course of two weeks or something <laughs> like that. Cause um, we head out to New York and I know we got the double header on Saturday and I thought the Mets tried to be really strategic dropping the Jacob DeGrom setback news right before the all-star, like the home run derby, like as though no one would catch that <laughs> news. And I mean, I don't know that it's really a setback. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Well, I mean, you know, if you're not there every day following his timeline, I don't know that you can necessarily say it's a setback or whatever, but it, it, it's certainly something if they had to shut him down and not do something that he was originally planned to do, I think that's saying something. And again, you never want to see that for baseball, but I think it changes the complexion for that team without a doubt down the stretch if they don't get him back like they had anticipated. So anyway, yeah, I... all that to say, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun between those two teams over August and then that last series that's what, the second to last series in the season that we see them one more time in Atlanta, it's going to be great. Yeah, playoff baseball early, essentially. Um, so you're around this bunch a lot, which is which makes you the perfect person to talk to, right? Following the offseason after winning a championship and, and Freddie, that saga with him leaving for the Dodgers, there was all this talk about leadership and a concern about avoiding leadership. And what we've seen through this season so far is, while leaders are important, and they are, the chemistry in that clubhouse seems to supersede everything. And Alex has made a point to not have – what he calls bad guys and their disruptors. I mean, you've seen that firsthand, just how important the chemistry in that clubhouse continues to be. Yeah, without a doubt. And I understand those concerns because I've seen the way it plays out um, on many a team um, and in every league too, right? I mean, there's always uh, changing and, and, and like, I think that's what's so unique about any and all championship teams is it's only ever that year that that exact group stays together. It's inevitable that something is going to change. Um, And how drastic of a change? Well, for the Braves, it was the face of the franchise not being there anymore. And then you wonder, okay, there were a lot of questions heading into the season about the, about the leadership and who the leader would be. And, and what's been so interesting about this group is it's not necessarily been that one guy that now steps up. There are so many in there that are capable of leading in their own way and different ways, mind you, um, the way they do it. But, like, I always point to, like, it, it, it's obvious that Dansby Swanson is, is a leader and, and having been, you know, I mean, he's native to Atlanta. It's very important to him that, that he has a voice in there and he kind of does it his own way. But there's guys behind the scenes that I see all the time that are a little more quiet in, in how they might do it. And that guys like Travis Darnot are born leaders. And he's a guy that's in a role that touches just about everybody on the team, right? I, I think that catcher role, you could argue, is a lot like the quarterback of, of a baseball team because he's working with every pitcher on the staff. And he sees every position player from his vantage point and is in the cage with all of them day in and day out. He's an everyday guy. And, um, you know, Travis is a really, again, that kind of Southern Cal vibe, very chill, but he's funny. And he's also a guy that can kind of, get into the ear of just about everybody in his own way. And <clears throat> you look at what's happening with William Contreras right now, and those two work together day in and day out. Um, but there's so many I could point to the the bullpen has its own leaders, you know, that's its own entity in a way. And like, whether it's Will Smith or guys that I know sometimes we question their 
okay, well, they haven't been the best on the mound. What they may be doing in that bullpen from a chemistry standpoint, and I'll point to a guy like Darren O'Day, who knows he's on his last leg of his career. I mean, he's well aware of it, but he can still make a huge impact, and he is that glue guy back there. He's funny. He's a guy that's seen it all. He's been around it all. His experience, he can talk to all of these young pitchers that are up and coming, and I'll never forget – and talking with, it, it was guys like Max Freed and Kyle Wright, but I think Tyler Matzik was actually the one to say this to me. And he's like, when when guys that are young, like let's point to like a Dylan Lee or Jackson Stevens, and they're watching, oh, Jesse Chavez or Darren O'Day, not throw 90 plus anymore because they don't have it, but they're dotting corners or they're finding ways to pitch, right? Not just throw the ball and the the things that the young pitchers can learn from those guys because they still do have the velo but they also can learn how to be better pitchers think through things a little different scene sequencing uh be ready for the moment because right now we're seeing these guys get used in all different innings there's no exact seven eight nine guy right now um so i, I guess for a long-winded answer there's a lot of leaders in that clubhouse right now and they're kind of doing it by group and um I think we've seen what that sort of formula leads to. And right now, it's a lot of success for them. Well, I would agree. And I'd also think this team kind of reflects what this coaching staff and Snit are about. I mean, Snit has that Bobby Cox in him and this coaching staff, all former players. um, Mm -hmm. They have a a relationship with this team. And and Ben Ingram, who was on with us, I thought had a great anecdote about being on the team plane at one point. Eric Young jumping on on the speaker on the plane. And it was before the series in Arizona just with a quick message to the team about we haven't played the way we're capable of, and when we land, the Atlanta Braves will show up, and you know, then there's the team meeting, and all of a sudden everything kind of turns around. I think that speaks positively of Snit and Wash and Walt Weiss and Eric Young and that whole staff. Yeah, exactly, and I'm glad that I'm glad that Ben told that story. I, you know, Matt, those are the stories that I never know really like what we can say. But yeah, you and me both. Regard, <laughs> the team playing is one of those off yep. kind of things. Yeah, right? I agree. <laughs> But that's that's a great example, though, of a story that can be told that no one's I, I mean, no one's going to come back and tell us, oh, you shouldn't have mentioned that because it, it does speak to really then what we saw unfold. And that is that these all of the coaches you just mentioned, they pick their moments. They really do. And they're all very even keel. Oh, coaches and Snit leading the bunch at, at the top there. And even Alex Anthopoulos to a moment, to a degree, like you just don't see them. Uh, when things were what they were in the division with the Mets, what we just talked about, you don't see them panicking in any regard. It's just so methodical what they do day in and day out. And I think that's why the players really can, um, and to a degree, I would argue even broadcasters, like people have looked at me before and been like, how do you not worry about, or like, I mean, don't you think this team's out of it 10 and a half games back? And I'm thinking, no, I, I just, I can't ride that wave because I don't feel that from the guys. And I think that way as a broadcaster. And so if I'm feeling that, that's exactly what the players are feeling from their manager. They're not panicking. They're not worried about it. I think they all knew they could play a lot better than they were playing going into that Arizona series. And, you know, that's when Snick kind of picked his moment. And I think he would chuckle at all of us, though, if we were like, Snick. It was your meeting. Your <laughs> meeting during this round, and he'd be like, "Uh huh, yeah, you know how Smith is." Like sometimes it 
works and sometimes it doesn't. But this time around, it just the timeliness of it, something clicked. And I think it was inevitable, though, too, at the same, in the same breath, that a few of these guys were moments away from finally putting it together. It felt, it felt like that was when Dansby Swanson really locked in. Yep. We saw Austin and Riley finally lock in. And so maybe Schmidt saw that and thought, now I'll do my meeting because I know these guys are they're, they're just a, you know, a hit away from whatever. But it, it's, um, it is kind of it, – you're right about the, the, the way this group is led by all of those men. Um, they really just they, – they follow that, and I, I – I don't know. I just never sense anything in that clubhouse like, oh, man, we we really got to get this game tonight. We really need two out of three, right? You just never hear guys talk like that. So we took the plunge, yes, at the Chernoff house. The big renovations are going on. So it comes down to making the right choices when you want to do some of these renovation projects. And for us, when it came down to flooring and carpet, we wanted to work with a great local company that we know – could get the job done. That's why we turned to Peachwood Floor Coverings. I got a chance to meet Ryan Cornell and the great folks from Peachwood. When I say meet them, we got in touch with Ryan. 48 hours later, they came out to our home to start setting up measurements and looking at potential options for flooring and carpeting choices. It was beautiful. I love the process. It was just that easy. And right now, the process can be that easy for you. If you go to peachwoodfloorcoverings.com, you can schedule a consultation. They'll come out to your home. And all this month, if you mention Matt, That's the promo code, Matt. They're going to save you 10% on that flooring or carpet installation that you've always wanted. You want it easy, you want the process done quickly, and you want it to look beautiful. We're getting all that done with Peachwood Floor Coverings. Again, go online to peachwoodfloorcoverings.com, or you can call them at 678-935-6901. Peachwood Floor Coverings. Big company quality, small company services. Home field advantage exists in baseball. Insurance, too. Your local trusted choice independent insurance agents are active members of your community. They'll always have your back. Find a local auto, home, or business insurance agent at trustedchoice.com. Folks, you just heard from Smoltzy and you heard it from me as well. Clayton Rhodes and the Rhodes Group are my trusted choice for insurance agents. They've been my agent for a long time and they serve all of Metro Atlanta. To get up to 10 auto insurance quotes in less than 10 minutes, visit roads-group.com slash churnoff today. That's roads-group.com. Dot com slash churnoff. It's a new year, which means it's time to try something new. And I'm talking to you folks who have not yet tried the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. I hope you'll go see my friend Sean Daly. That's, get it, the Daily Draft. This is the ultimate sports bar experience. So as the football playoffs near, and then baseball's around the corner, knock on wood, and all the fun springtime things that will happen in Atlanta, you're going to want to enjoy it at the Daily Draft. It's downtown Woodstock on Main Street. What you're going to find, a craft beer bar, self-serve taps, uh, big screens all around you to catch every view of the big game. And when I say a big screen, they have a movie-sized screen with a front-row seat right in front of it that you can grab if you get there at the right time to enjoy all your favorite games. A chef-inspired menu with soup, salad, sandwiches, flatbreads, uh, you name it, they have everything to find everybody exactly what they want when you're going with the family, a boys' night, or a date night. TheDailyDraft.net is where you can find all the information about some of the nights like Trivia Night, Kids Eat Free Night, and more. TheDailyDraft.net. Go find them downtown Woodstock on Main Street. Tell them Matt sent you. You'll love The Daily Draft. Well, I think baseball lifers recognize how long that grind is. I mean, that's yeah. that's six months of, like, if you ride that roller coaster, 
It would be exhausting. Um, be speaking exhausted of that, so, by like April. Oh yeah, there's. I mean, there's no question. Um, so you mentioned like Dansby. Dansby got it going, and Riley, and, yeah. and this team had six All Stars, so they had some stuff yeah. really go right in the first half. But Kelly, I think the exciting part of this is they also had some stuff not go close to right from losing Ozzy Acuna yeah. just. Has, has been uneven when, when he's been in the lineup. Olsen, I still think, has a lot of like blue sky left in what he can do. No Ozuna and, and Duvall have had a lot of hit and miss throughout this first half. So there's still a lot of that stuff that I still think this team has, has another level they can go to. You're right, and I think that's why at the All-Star game, like I, you know, just listening to sort of that's what's fun about the All-Star game, to me anyway. I mean, aside from the fact that I love, um, I, I so loved for the coaching staff of the Braves to see them in that moment, to get to have those moments. Um, and I like listening to what other players on other teams have to say about the guys, uh, you know, that are on th- that are Braves. And how they talked about Max Freed, how you listen to Corey Seager talk about Max Freed, how you listen to any of those guys talk about, how elite he is and what's funny is i don't know if he knows that yet i don't know that he totally buys into it i even asked him that one day but he's such a a chill personality that i think he just i don't really hear that stuff don't really care i just i just want to win for my team but all that being said that is exactly what i heard a few of them say is talk about a dangerous team as good as they've played they've still not had it all working together yet and that's where I'm like exactly what you just said. I mean, I think we've seen Acuna these last few weeks scuffle into the all-star break. We know there's more there. Exactly some of the other guys you pointed to, I I think about um, Matt Olson telling me that, like, he's, he's happy to have seen some of these results kind of leading into the all-star break, but he knows there's improvement. So I can't wait to see that. Um, I, I don't know. Dansby and Austin, boy, neither one of those two hit, like, significant slumps right and maybe that's that's where they've taken their game to is that we're only ever going to see them hit many slumps and they're able to readjust and get themselves back on track quicker than maybe what we have been accustomed to seeing in the past and that could be part of their growth and and sort of trending the the curve right the learning curve for five six well, I can't believe how many few seasons Austin has when I actually think about it but for Dansby like a sixth year or whatnot and um yeah, I, I, I'm with you. And then I look at the pitching a little bit, too, and I think that the bullpen, you know, if you get guys like Kirby Yates added to the mix, and I have, I, I'm so curious to see what happens with Mike Soroka. But, right. but, but to, to have the Michael Harris's step up, to have the Spencer Strider enter the rotation and kind of lock down that, that fifth spot, it, those were kind of the unexpected things that came along with the, I guess, unexpected, which is a few of the guys that we're still sort of waiting on to see um, be at their best again. And and that is right there, the ebb and the flow of a season where you just don't, you don't really know how to predict it. But um, to your point, there's, there's a lot left that this team could still do there. Right? I mean, I guess as far as reaching their potential. Yeah. I'm going to ask you about Harrison Strider in a minute, but as we approach the uh, trade deadline, Last year, we knew if the Braves were going to try to stay in the race, and there was the big discussion right. the week before, do you sell, do you buy? Well, Alex did the jock thing early, and then the big trade deadline day with the outfielders. So they had to make some, I won't call them big swings, but they had to make moves to add some competent outfielders. I don't know that they need to add a bunch, to your point. We'll see what happens with Kirby Yates, and that'll have a big factor in the bullpen. Yeah. Same thing with Sorokin, the starting rotation. But, Kelly, I've gotten this wild hair that 
if the Giants struggle over the next couple of weeks, if I'm Alex, I absolutely, for a mid-level prospect, would want Jock back here for intangibles, for a a platoon with Duvall, whatever you want to do, just to have that Jock energy back, I don't think it would be a bad idea. No, not at all. Not at all. Those are the guys that are just like the edgy pieces that you that everybody kind of needs. I mean, like the guys wearing the pearls, the guys <laughs> that keep it loose, but also are the ultimate competitor that you don't always get. Like Jacques an interesting guy. When you get to talk to him behind the scenes, he I, I think we all know this, Chris and Nick and I, we laugh because he's and I don't think he'd get mad at me for saying this. He's not a good interview. He knows that. <laughs> he doesn't like interviews. It's not his thing. He doesn't mind being the headline, really, but he just doesn't really want to talk about it and talk about himself. Now, he's a lot better when you ask him to talk about his teammates and stuff. I've covered a couple Giants games this year, and when I ask him, for instance, about, like, Brandon Crawford or, like, guys that have just really been in the game and mean something to this game, right, just the way they've done it, and, and you ask him about those guys, Jacques will go on and on about them. He just doesn't really like to talk about sort of himself and the the vibe that he is. But every clubhouse would love to have a guy like that come postseason. And, and there's a reason he's gotten the nickname Jocktober. And I, I'm with you there. I would I would love to see that if it ends up playing out that way, that things just, you know, kind of slide from here for the for the Giants and he happens to be a guy who could be on the move again. And when you bring him up, though, like I didn't even mention earlier when you asked me about guys, how about Eddie Rosario, right? Like he yep. seemed to look a lot better, like towards right as we had it went into the break. It's funny. He kind of looked at me and was like, this break is not exactly coming at the best time for me. Like I'd like to keep this going. I'm feeling good. I'm finally getting some reps some consistent at bats. And I can understand that for a guy who's missed um, as much of the season as he has. But yeah, there's another guy who's kind of platooning in the outfield or that's what we're expecting to see from snip but i don't think you can ever have enough of that um and that'll of course be some of our first questions when we get to see alex in the second half but i think you never stop looking for arms whether that's another starter whether that's a guy that is is in the bullpen and then i think if there's any other thing let's say barring no injuries and this team stays healthy in the second half um maybe another lefty lefty bat yeah but that's kind of like now you're getting greedy i mean but of course that's that's what you do come come the trade deadline and you've got a team that's really right up there and and can contend to win it all oh and and listen the jock thing that could solve some of the lefty bat thing to kind of bring it back to that but let's talk about alex and i want to ask you about the two rookies so alex like you know one one thing i like about alex and there's a lot to like i think as he goes along as he evolves in these jobs i think he just learns from year to year stuff that works Mm -hmm. stuff that doesn't not that he's going to make again the volume of moves he made last year, but I think he liked the energy, right? It's always showing the clubhouse we still believe in you in the front office, and here's a move or here's another move. Like, I'd be really surprised. It might not be a big move, but I'd be really surprised if they stood pat at the deadline and didn't add a little energy, like you said, whether it's an arm in the pen or just something just to boost the clubhouse a little bit more. No, I, I completely agree. He'll do something. Like, I, I would almost put my life savings on that, which, by the way, is not a lot. But I would totally <laughs> do that because that's, that you're exactly right. Even if it's not necessarily a big move or it's something that you think, okay, this team has to have this, you do it just for the exact reasons you mentioned. The energy it provides, telling guys again, like, hey, we're all in, and this is just who knows what this little piece could add. Like, look what I did last year and all these things we weren't expecting and got from a few of these guys, and it all came together. And 
you just really never know. Alex and I had an interesting conversation at the start of the year when, like, the whole ring ceremony starts happening for guys when they come from out of town now, right, that they're with somebody else. I don't know if it was, like, the Jorge Soler night or what, but it's it was, like, Every single one of the guys who got a ring, even if there might be people scoffing like, oh, I, you know, he only threw a couple innings or this guy really didn't do much. He still played a role somehow. And that's how Alex looks at it, right? Like, I mean, it's like, okay, maybe his role wasn't as huge, but that one thing he did or that one inning he did, even if it was in like September, but it allowed somebody else to get healthy while he was doing what he was doing. And then when that guy was healthy and came back and helped them win it all, that's how Alex looks at things, right? It's this this master puzzle for him, and it's not necessarily, um, yeah, like how big of a role did this guy have, but every single guy did do something that in the end led to them being the team that won it all. And I'm, I'm with you. I think he'll do that again. I, I don't have a clue what it might be, but, but what we just talked about. And let me also just, when you said, you know, there's so much to like about him, I've never really, like, mentioned this but Alex was one of the first people to text me with the whole kidney stone things I I want to throw out just kind of the type of person he is on top of the the general manager that we've seen him be now for for the Braves and how um, successful and good he is at that and like you said continuing to learn um, because he is still one of the younger ones out there on the scene but just the human being that he is that the Freddie stuff that happened this offseason it's really hard to separate yourself uh, emotionally from a guy that you you are tied to like Freddie Freeman and do what he did and and that takes a lot of professionalism and um, uh, that first year I showed up Matt the 60 game season that was I, I moved down here during the pandemic and we were down at spring training this is before everything shut down but uh, we're doing those interviews in the booth he comes in right one of those spring training games and he's talking to Chip and Jeff and Meanwhile, his daughter's with him, and I'm I'm still meeting everybody for the first time. And his daughter happened to be there, and I could tell she was a little restless and stuff. And so I started talking to her. And don't 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 get me wrong, she wanted to talk about horseback riding, and that was what she was doing during the summer, all this stuff, right? So anyway, I was keeping her. I was basically babysitting while he did this interview with Chip and Jeff. But fast forward to when the games finally started that season, and I have no sources. Like, none. Cole Hamels was legit the only source I had because I knew him from Chicago. And we know how Cole Hamels panned out that year. Oh, yeah. So, um, so I'm really, like, I'm I'm in a tough spot because I don't get to go into the clubhouse. I can't really see these guys. I can't talk to them about their, what they're doing. We're not traveling. I mean, you name it. It, it. As you guys well know, it was tough to do the job that year. And Alex texted me to basically say, Kelly, um, I know that this has probably been like something to the degree of like a tough start for you, but I wanted to tell you how um, impressed I was meeting you in the booth in spring training and how, you know, my daughter walked away from the conversation she had with you. And I just, I know you're a good person and I want to try and help you out. So what if before every series we connect and I'll give you the latest from my my vantage point, what I'm seeing, what I'm looking after, this or that. And Matt, as you know, that is, it's priceless to oh, yeah. have Huge. a relationship with a general yep. manager like that. And to me, all it said was, this guy is so observant. Like, to understand.
understand I'm going through that right now to understand like I'm having a tricky time doing this reporter role with no ability to actually talk to these players and for him to sort of offer up that I that that will forever stick with me as just the kind of guy that Alex is as far as like wanting other people to succeed finding ways to help other people succeed and I think that's just I, I a little story to sort of tell you what I think he does for the guys, the coaches, everybody in the Braves organization to try and help them be better at what they do. So we took the plunge, yes, at the Chernoff house. The big renovations are going on. So it comes down to making the right choices when you want to do some of these renovation projects. And for us, when it came down to flooring and carpet, we wanted to work with a great local company that we know could get the job done. That's why we turned to Peachwood Floor Coverings. I got a chance to meet Ryan Cornell and the great folks from Peachwood. When I say meet them, we got in touch with Ryan. 48 hours later, they came out to our home to start setting up measurements and looking at potential options for flooring and carpeting choices. It was beautiful. I love the process. It was just that easy. And right now, the process can be that easy for you. If you go to peachwoodfloorcoverings.com, you can schedule a consultation. They'll come out to your home. And all this month, if you mention Matt... That's the promo code, Matt. They're going to save you 10% on that flooring or carpet installation that you've always wanted. You want it easy, you want the process done quickly, and you want it to look beautiful. We're getting all that done with Peachwood Floor Coverings. Again, go online to peachwoodfloorcoverings.com, or you can call them at 678-935-6901. Peachwood Floor Coverings. Big company quality, small company services. Hey, are you tired of shopping your car and home insurance every single year? Well, somebody's got to do it. But that somebody doesn't have to be you. At the Rose Group, we can get you up to 10 insurance quotes in less than 10 minutes. Visit us online today at roads-group.com. It's a new year, which means it's time to try something new. And I'm talking to you folks who have not yet tried the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. I hope you'll go see my friend Sean Daly. That's, get it, the Daily Draft. This is the ultimate sports bar experience. So as the football playoffs near, and then baseball's around the corner, knock on wood, and all the fun springtime things that will happen in Atlanta, you're going to want to enjoy it at the Daily Draft. It's downtown Woodstock on Main Street. What you're going to find, a craft beer bar, self-serve taps, uh, big screens all around you to catch every view of the big game. And when I say a big screen, they have a movie-sized screen with a front-row seat right in front of it that you can grab if you get there at the right time to enjoy all your favorite games. A chef-inspired menu with soup, salad, sandwiches, flatbreads, uh, you name it, they have everything to find everybody exactly what they want when you're going with the family, a boys' night, or a date night. The DailyDraft.net is where you can find all the information about some of the nights like Trivia Night, Kids Eat Free Night, and more. TheDailyDraft.net. Go find them downtown Woodstock on Main Street. Tell them Matt sent you. You'll love The Daily Draft. Oh, no, I would agree. Listen, the, the person, and to your point, you know, on the radio, we've had him on a million times. Some, like, light, fun interviews, some that are, are back and forth, and he kind of you know, jokes. Right, yeah. he likes the contentious you know, stuff once in a while. But, you know, I lost my dad two years ago. He was one of the first people I got a text from. Just condolence, a sweet message, thought. And, I'm, you know, he doesn't have to take the time to do something like that. So, yes, he, he gets it, which, which is admirable. Um, yeah. Let's finish up. I, I don't want to ignore, like, the first half surprises were Kyle Wright and William Contreras. But yeah. the two rookies, I think, are the biggest kind of, oh, my gosh, look what they've met between Harris moving to center, putting Duvall in left, Michael's defense, Michael's bat that I don't know anybody thought would be like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we'll talk about Strider in a minute. I am a little, I'm going to say concerned is probably the wrong word, but 
It's something to watch just as the grind of this thing goes along until late August and September with a guy like Harris, because this will be brand new for him. I'm curious how he is going to handle not just the moments, but the, the grind of a season like that in a pennant race. Expectations are now super high for him. How do you think he deals with that? Yeah, I think that's a very um, warranted concern, right? Because of what you just said, he's never been through it before. And I also remember like Kevin Seifler looking at me at one point in time when we're kind of asking about him and the hype is like just building and building and building for this kid because he continues to come through in these big moments. And like you said, we all knew the defense was going to be there and it's been nothing short of spectacular. But what we didn't realize was him being able to put that back together like he's been doing like the, the level of maturity that we're seeing from him at the plate is something else but I do remember Sype saying let's not like get too far ahead of ourselves let's not get too carried away while he's been great it's like he's tempering expectations in a way because everybody knows eventually this league adjusts to you and that's where I'm a little curious when we start seeing the Mets the second and the third time when we're seeing the Marlins where we're seeing these teams where pitchers now more experienced pitchers if you will will have seen Michael Harris a few times now let's say six or seven times they face them or something to that degree I'm going to be really curious to watch that sort of cat and mouse game because how quickly Michael can adjust to what it is he's now seeing second and third time around from these pitchers versus what he saw the first time and maybe had success. I think that's going to be really telling to sort of where he kind of pans out late in the season. And especially like you said, in those big moments, maybe come postseason. But I will say this, if you ask me whether I'm in or I'm out right now with all my chips on Michael Harris, I'm all in because this kid has done nothing but come through and his his demeanor in the clubhouse and just every conversation I have with him, I'm I'm consistently blown away just by he's he's just different. The, and, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, Matt. There are the guys when they come in young, sometimes they're just wired differently and they're wired to sort of take it all in and take it in stride and at no point do they really you know, even if they are emotionally in their own head or whatever, yeah, they don't show not it. Seeing it play out exactly. Right. Yeah, he looks like he's twenty-seven, not twenty-one. Exactly. It blows my mind. He couldn't. You want to talk about team plane stories? He couldn't drink on the team plane. Not to say there's a lot of that going on. Okay, people, don't don't take that out of context. But he couldn't shocking. drink on the first like flight he was on with us because he wasn't twenty-one yet. <laughs> that's that's so funny. Isn't like you funny? forget how many of these guys can't like rent a car, but they can't drink on a plane. No. Uh, so let's finish up with Strider and then we'll let you run. Um, same kind of thing. It's like, I don't know if they're going to put an innings restriction. I have a feeling they'll have some kind of yeah. a limit, although they said they wouldn't. It's still usually how that goes with a limit or a, an innings limit, just something like that. So how do you think they play him? And, and like you said, the Soroka part of this becomes fascinating if and when he comes no back because they can have some yep. more flexibility. But what's your guess on how Strider and the rest of the rotation kind of gets played around with over the last couple of months? I mean, you nailed it right there. I'm that, That's another thing I will be keeping a really close eye on because, and they've said as much, whether it's really an innings restriction or not, they are monitoring Spencer Strider, I think is basically the word they're using, unlike any other guy in that rotation. And it's you don't know. You just really don't know. It's uncharted ter- territory, not only for him, but for everybody because He's not been asked to do this at any level. I mean, he's not had time to be asked to do this at any level. And so you, you, I don't really know how you kind of evaluate that because at some point does the arm just start to get tired? And if so, what are the signs? Like, are you going to start seeing that happening where his velo drops maybe like 
in the sixth inning, fifth inning that we're seeing it start to like wear on him. But I will say again, like I said with my chips and Michael Harris, Spencer Strider is maybe one of the most at his age and as far as a pitcher goes, also methodical, routine-oriented. I think you can tell by just – I think you can tell just by watching him on the mound and the way he goes about his business. I mean, this kid, everything from what he essentially eats, puts in his body, how he works out, how he, um, you know, is keeping essentially notebooks and logs of everything he's doing. He is incredibly organized and routine for him is, I mean, that is his, um, what's the word I was, I, I was looking for, but basically that is ex- he knows he has to stick to it. If anything's going to throw him off, it's interesting. For him, it's his routine. Like, he has to stick to it. And so I did have him tell me in Cincinnati, oh, yeah, right before – actually, it was right before the kidney stone. It was the last interview I did. Um, <laughs> I, I sat down with him, and it is smoking hot in Cincinnati for those that have never been to the Midwest in, um, you know, June, July, and August. It, the St. Louis, Kansas City, Cincinnati cities are rough. They are so hot and humid. Um, And he was telling me how he did tailor back from the start before what he did in between starts. Okay. So whether he's a two side session guy, two pen guy, or if he's a one, all I know is that all of these calisthenics and exercises and times he spends, you know, lifting, he did tailor that back. And so I think he's trying to be proactive about it too, but to your point, Matt, I don't know that we really know how that's going to work um, until we just start to sort of see it play out for him. But if if he if anyone's going to be ready come postseason and and find something else in the tank, Spencer Strider is a guy I would put my money on as well. You know, I mean, if he's like a guy you feel like could just run on adrenaline for whatever start you need him to at that point in the season, but. We hope it doesn't get to that point. Yeah, he's also potentially a great weapon if they decide to use him in different ways as well, which could be a lot of fun. Kelly, it's always great catching up. Uh, for everybody out there, obviously you can see her during all the Braves games on uh, Bally's and uh, check her out on Twitter as well. Any other plugs we need to get in for Kelly Kroll? <laughs> Let's see. Well, first off, I'm totally – I mean – pumped for this first series out of the break right like i mean if you don't have tickets to the game or whatever i would say just come down and be around the battery because i think this whole series with the angels and getting to see mike trout and shohei otani and um i'm i'm excited about this first one out of the gates um and you know we'll have all those on the air and otherwise no then it's off to philadelphia matt it's just uh here we go it's gonna get fun Yeah, it's about to get fun. Kelly, thanks for the time. Glad the health is good, and uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us. We'll catch up down the road. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I look forward to it. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, everybody, so much for taking the time to listen to this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. Thanks to our producer, Matt Lear, for his assistance with the program. He's the glue that keeps the operation running. We'll talk to you next week on Welcome to Atlanta. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play And we ride on them things like every day Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming And parties don't stop till 8 in the morning Welcome to Atlanta where the players play And we ride on them things like every day Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming uh-huh. And parties don't stop yeah. till 8 uh-huh. in the morning Now the party don't start till I walk in And I usually don't leave until the thing is But uh-huh. in the meantime, in between time Who wanna step up? 
Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.